This is the Daily Wrestling News for Festivus, December 23rd, 2020. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by the coordinator of conversation threads in the Minutes to Bell Time Facebook group and the senior impact correspondent to the Essential Wrestling Podcast, the living legend, John DeCani. Morning, Good morning, John. sir. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus, happy Festivus. And, uh, and, and thank you for coordinating those conversations in the Minutes Spell Time uh, Facebook group. They're, they're a good time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, my work there has not, uh, is not going to be part of your airing of grievances today. No, no, of course not. No, no. You, you will not be fired. You will, uh, you, maybe we'll promote you in the new year. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, today's show, we have a ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day. We're going to spend some time talking about some of the recent WWE Network specials. We've got news. We've got trivia. We'll talk about tonight's lineup for our NXT and Dynamite. Uh, all the stuff coming out of Impact last night with year-end awards. Are you ready, John? Absolutely, sir. Let's get it on. All right, today's ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question. Today is brought to you by Free Gate, the new album from the Black Cats, available now everywhere you listen to music. And John, today's question is, what is your favorite Star Wars thing? My favorite Star Wars thing? Uh, I, prior to this last three months, I might have just uh, gone chalk and said uh, The Empire Strikes Back or something like that, but... Dear God, without giving out any spoilers, Mandalorian this second season has just turned me into a ten-year-old kid again. So I'm gonna have to go with that. Oh, that's awesome. I am. Um, I am only, I think, two episodes into this season. I was kind of waiting for them to stockpile because I kind of like to watch my series in like one-day chunks. So, um, so I have to get to that still. Um, at, at present, I'm gonna go ahead and say Rogue One though, and I think it's because it's such a departure of um you know happy ending type of storytelling in star wars so i really liked it absolutely i agree yeah all right with uh with star wars out of the way and i should mention i'm wearing a star wars shirt today and the first time in the history of this show or the essential wrestling podcast i'm wearing a non-wrestling shirt uh, which was the inspiration behind today's question so noted the uh the network specials I want to focus on today are uh, the Broken Skull Sessions with Drew McIntyre that just aired over the weekend, and then also Goldberg the Streak. Um, watched both of those recently, and, and wanna, I know John has as well, so we'll dive into those and, and, uh, and talk about those. So, John, what do you think of the Broken Skull Sessions with Drew McIntyre? Like, what's your overall perception of it? Good. I, th I thought it was uh, a really good uh, look at his career and his, uh, more importantly, his personality. You know, you got to got to know him. You know, got to joke around a little bit. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, when they when he put up he put up as of course Austin always puts up series of pictures and stuff going through starting with childhood and the early days of wrestling and stuff. When he had Drew McIntyre passed out in, in a bed with a Steve Austin sheet set, though, I almost yeah. fell out of my chair. That was awesome. Absolutely. And, and Austin just says, I'm so honored. 
<laughs> but you would go get my sheet set and you know <laughs> kid from Air Scotland. I, he said it's an honor. I would think it's awkward, <laughs> but you know. But uh, I really enjoyed the um, the story of of Drew. Uh, they talked a lot about his his first run in WWE, but the where they really got my attention in the storytelling was when they when he left. And we heard we've heard countless times Drew talk about you know having to leave. He was the chosen one, then having to leave and come back. Um, there's been other documentaries on the series, but this one was the most detail I've seen in that story. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, uh, it that was my favorite part as well because I guess before the network and everything just being uh, okay WWE, whatever wwe's got on uh, tv that i watch but not really much more uh never really been much of an independent guy not that i don't appreciate it i just haven't put in the effort to seek it out so i had no idea what drew was doing behind the scenes that put him back on triple h's radar and got him back to nxt so i, I absolutely enjoyed that segment as well yeah and and it was kind of one of those things he got let go and it just lit a fire and he, you know, he went to go back to ICW and he said when talking to Austin, that it was like a 20 minute promo that he cut out in the ring after making his grand entrance there. Um, they only, they only aired about probably a minute, minute and a half of it, but he was, he was on fire. I mean, it was, it was similar to today. Yeah. And it, isn't it amazing that uh, we're in an era now where WWE tries to script every word that comes out of their people's mouths. But whenever you talk to their, in this case, champion, and also on that same broadcast, another legend, they always tell you that the moment everything clicked for them is when they became just a version of themselves, turned up to 11, and spoke what was on their mind and in their heart. Right. How is that not sinking in with Vince? I don't know. But it was interesting also, like he was talking about his WrestleMania match with Roman Reigns and Austin said, what's the difference between, you know, showed a picture of Survivor Series with the two of them. What's the difference between this Drew and the Drew from WrestleMania, uh, what was it, 35? And, and Drew said, I was still finding myself at that point. And, and while, you know, what you're saying is true, he was himself turned up to 11 even at that point, which was only two years ago, he wasn't quite where he is now in terms of that confidence and just being himself on camera. I also thought it was interesting that, that he talked about how he built, he's been building relationships with everybody in the company. And by that, I mean, you know, the cameraman, you know, makeup, attire, stuff like that. And to kind of help him, improve, you know, make the most out of his presentation. He's like, he can do the in-ring work, but everybody else is trying to make them superstars. And he realized what Vince McMahon, why he doesn't call them wrestlers, he calls them superstars. And so it's, it's interesting to hear him say, you know, all these people contribute to my success. And I, you know, so he's going around and making these relationships. So, Yeah, you find um, that you find that in the business world, too, you know, uh, uh, obviously in a completely different level, but. You know, the people who tend to be the best at their job are the people who know everyone else's job and get along with everybody else. You know, you expose yourself to more of what you do. How can it not make you better? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so Austin, Austin also gave Drew a lot of credit for elevating the championship this year. And they talked about Brock Lesnar being sort of an absent champion, how the title hadn't changed Raw 
on Raw in five years. And, um, you know, Austin would say, you know, some guys make the championship, some championships make the guy. And he's, you know, he gave Drew credit. He's like, you're, you're making the championship. So. Yeah. And in this most unique time, maybe in wrestling history. So uh, I, you know, I, I, I have no problem saying that I didn't care much. Not that I didn't care for him. I didn't dislike him. I just didn't think much of him during his first run. Uh, you know, the whole time, I think I'm not even sure I was watching much of SmackDown that much back then once they had the roster split because I think all the guys I wanted to follow were on Raw. But in coming back, he has such a fantastic personality that I'm, I don't know who else could have done what he's done in these empty arenas. He's just been fantastic. Yeah, and he talk, they talked about how he's been breaking the fourth wall. You know, um, hello, all you cats and kittens and things yeah, and stuff like that. Like consulting with his wife, who apparently doesn't like wrestling, about you know what's going on, <laughs> what's going on outside the WWE universe bubble. Um, I, it's just really interesting to me. And you know, I, I asked on a Facebook group um, last week, I think it was, who people thought was wrestler of the year. And I had some votes for Moxley, some Kenny Omega things, but um, you know, sixty percent of people said Drew McIntyre based on the run that he's had this year, and it's really hard to disagree. I mean, Absolutely, yeah. He he had sort of a meteoric rise in the sense of like last year, towards the end of uh, 2019, he was a heel, and he wasn't. You know, he was this big foreboding presence on the roster, but. You know, when he made that Royal Rumble entrance, it was like, a, you know, an immediate turn and Rocket was strapped to his back. The rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all it was all done so well to bring him back into NXT to how he developed through NXT to bring him up to the main roster where once again, you know, he was uh, who was it? It was Ziggler that he was basically, you know hired muscle for for yep. a quick second and turned on him and it's just it's all been done very well i you know uh, credit where credit's due his, his whole Absolutely. ride has been done very well anything else on the on that interview that you that you picked out any other cool tidbits that uh uh just that uh you know <laughs> i uh i kind of giggled at the fact that one of the first people to uh, uh when he was uh, doing the the when he was what sixteen or seventeen and doing the, the the UK circuit and whatnot, one of the first people to tell him uh, this kid might make it was uh, my boy Jake the Snake Roberts when yeah, he was over there. Now God knows what state Jake was in at the time, but uh, you know the man's always you know he's he just is he's so good at this business. It's it's a shame that for so many years because his personal life was so messed up that he wasn't he should have been such a reference and uh, just utility for Vince. And he just was never in those rooms helping out because he was such a disaster of a human being. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the tragic type of stories in, in wrestling. But the, the nice part is with Jake Roberts is that he's, he's got a good end, end to his story, right? Like he's, yeah. you know, he's turned his life around and now he's, you know, two years from now, we'll have a documentary on, you know, Jake the Snake and his AEW run, and he'll talk about how it, you know, saved his life again or whatever, you know. So I, I'm yeah, sure that that story's coming. Um, on the on the subject of meteoric rises, 
Um, Goldberg the Streak. That was another interesting documentary that they did. And um, I didn't really, I wasn't sure what to expect going into watching it because this was a WCW program. And WWE is not always going to shine the best light on stuff that's not, doesn't belong to them. But I think in the in an effort to portray their signed talent, Goldberg, in a, in a positive way, they did this streak a lot of justice on their show. Yeah, I agree. And uh, there's not been all that much, or at least not that's crossed my eyeballs, uh, of Bill Goldberg, of Goldberg being Bill Goldberg, speaking as himself and, you know, turned down a little bit because Goldberg is, you know, if, if Stone Cold Austin is Steve Williams turned up to 11, Goldberg is Bill Goldberg turned up to 15. Yeah, he's kind of, you know, Whenever he's on the microphone, it, he kind of barks more than he talks. Uh, listening to Bill Goldberg just talk about Bill Goldberg and the character Goldberg was uh, refreshing. I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, and he sounded grateful. Um, yeah. It was really interesting. He talked about like his first conversation with Eric Bischoff. He's like, I've decided to wrestle, but I'm not going to be one of these guys that just gets thrown around. It's like... <laughs> What what person with no experience whatsoever can get get on the phone with a somebody at Bischoff's level and say, "This is what I'm going to do." <laughs> you know, here's as here's the, what I'm willing to yeah. offer you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, now Kevin Nash in this documentary, I um I have always had a really hard time with real life Kevin Nash because he just comes off as such a jerk. I happen to agree with him on a lot of like things outside of wrestling, but. Yeah. He always comes off as such a jerk, even when he's making valid points. And it was really no different in this in this docu documentary. And it always seems like he's apologizing in advance for something someone hasn't even accused him of yet. Like right. even in this one, Bill right. just assumed that because I was the booker that I booked myself as the world champion. But uh, that happened, you know. Maybe it was Hogan and Fisher, like. Settle down, Kev. Nobody, nobody said anything yet. It was, it was 174. No, no, nobody really. I don't remember anyone really snapping back at the breaking of the streak. You know, it had certainly gone on long enough. It, it did, and um, it's one of those things where I don't really think it made sense, in in my opinion, just because uh, not to Nash. Kevin Nash was a made man, and that streak they've done so much with. They could have made it. They could have made somebody the next top talent if they had them come in and and beat goldberg streak so the the the, the tough thing is once you beat them you can't take it back so you got to make the most of it because you can't walk in the next day the streak's gone you, you can't there's no no just ask oscar it's gone <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't necessarily agree with who they did it for uh, much like, you know, the undertaker. I always thought uh, Bray Wyatt should have been the one to take that yeah. mantle as the next boogeyman, you know, going down the line, but a uh, story for another day, but yeah, but I, I felt that they did do it in an entertaining way with, you know, the whole cattle prop thing. So it didn't make Goldberg look totally weak. You know, there was an excuse there, but all right, now you, you know, you've shot that one, you know, the, the bullets out of the chamber, there's no putting it back in, you know, where do you go from there? And, Apparently they had no more really ideas. When they talked about the finish, and of course Scott Hall hit hit Goldberg with a, a cattle prod. Bill Goldberg wanted to be tased. 
like legitimately tased. He's like, that's the only way you can take me down. And he, they had to talk him down to just getting electrocuted with a cattle prop. <laughs> Interesting and human being, that Bill Goldberg. DDP says, you can't legally do that to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, by the way, it was interesting to see DDP in such a featured role on this documentary because, you know, he's been over on AEW and stuff like that. And I didn't get the sense that this was taped, you know, 10 years ago. I, I got the sense that this was like, did they tape DDP on this last month or whatever um, since he's been on featured on AEW. So it's nice that they don't write people off for being over there. I suppose as long as you don't speak publicly, like I, I don't expect, you know, Miro did not appear on uh, Lana's before, uh, right. so as long as you don't come out and curse the the man and the gold ring and the glass ceiling and this that and the other thing, I guess you know you've always got your way back in if you're a Hall of Famer. There you go. Yeah. The other thing that was um, that was good, and, they, and it was just a momentary thing, but um, I had been listening to the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, um, when they announced this streak. Meltzer was like, man, you know, Mike Tanay invented that streak. Like he was the brains behind that. And he's like, I don't think they're going to give him credit for that. Mm -hmm. um, but Dave's like, I know how it happened. You know, Mike was on the phone with me actually. And that's when he came up with it, but they did, they gave proper credit to Mike Tanay. They didn't dwell on it very long, right? but they did give that credit. So I guess, uh, I guess that he this documentary can't be poo-pooed on by the Lord our God and Savior Dave Meltzer. He <laughs> <laughs> can at least give it uh, what two and a half stars, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Probably should have gone on longer. <laughs> and taking place in Japan. There, yeah, okay, I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Okay, so I think we've, we've done justice to those two documentaries. They're good watches. Um, we've kind of broken it down, spoiled them for you maybe, but they're fun to watch, so, so go watch them if you, if you have the time to do so. Absolutely. Okay, let's hop into some news. Let me play our news intro. Today's news is brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. It's a free newsletter that comes out every Friday, authored by me for you for free. Subscribe now at bodyslambrigade.com. So, John, impact from last night, a lot, of, a lot of news. Despite there not being any new wrestling content, we had a you know, year-end awards, and I want to get your opinion on whether you agree with these or not. Deanna Perrazzo, lead story, knockout of the year, also wrestler of the year. Justified or not? I, yeah, I, I mean, it, she may not have been, I haven't given it full thought yet for uh, next week's EWP. She may not have been my choice, but once they made the choice, I said, yeah, I, I really can't argue with it. Like there was not, I didn't have a reaction of like, oh my God, how could you not give it to so-and-so? Right. So, uh, right. you know, I can't, I can't kick back on that too much. The only person that comes to mind um, if it was if it was not called wrestler of the year and it was called male superstar of the year or male male wrestler of the year, um, maybe I put Moose in that category. Just he never had a world title run, but he's got this TNA title he's running around with, and he hasn't he's hardly lost. He lost to Willie sure. Mack because the referee reversed the decision, 
He's got a huge pile of wins. Um, he's not undefeated, but he is, he has probably the best record in, in, uh, in impact. Um, but I can't put him above Deanna Perrazzo. I don't think his value has been, been the same as hers. Right. So, he's not holding one of the actual championships. <laughs> right. Right. Um, knockout of the year. You know, if Jordan had held the title longer, maybe, you know, maybe she would have been in contention. Taya Valkyrie had really, I don't want to say took the year off, but she's not been a major storyline. It's definitely not around the world title. Right. She's been present, but hasn't, there hasn't been a lot of in-ring work. You know, she's, she's always there and she's, she's often contributing and usually humorous, but uh, yeah, not a lot of in-ring work. So. Yeah. And if, and if Kylie Ray was around, and she stopped Deanna Perrazzo's reign. This conversation might be going differently because I don't know what Deanna would have done next. But um, all those ifs and buts aside, I, I agree. I think knockout of the year, wrestler of the year, is Deanna Perrazzo on the impact side. So, um, the North was named tag team of the year. Any criticism of that? <sighs> I. You know what? They uh, even in uh, losing their titles, they had what you know I think might be the match of the year uh, for Impact. So I really can't complain too much because they, you know, they had that historic run, and and even within that historic run, their run was uh, you know a good portion of their run was ruined by the whole pandemic. But uh, they managed to you know they were at the Diener compound, they were doing all this you know. Uh, sure. tangential stuff that I, I just think, I think they really perform, performed well. And even now without the titles, the last couple of weeks, who's been more entertaining than, uh, you know, Karate Man? Very good. Very true. Yeah, I mean, I know the Good Brothers are there, and I know the Machine Guns are there. And the Machine Guns made a big splash when they came in. But as far as consistency goes, from January 1st to, de- to where we are today, not quite December 31st, um, you got to give it to the North, I think. I, 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 I like the other two teams. Those would be ones that would be in contention, but com- sure. in comparison to the North, I think the North takes it. And so did the rest of the fans, I guess. Now, Ace Austin has X Division Wrestler of the Year. These are fan-voted, and I may have some recency bias on this because he hasn't really been in that equation much for the latter part of the year, but yeah, he did have a good run. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, – I don't want to say it came as a surprise to me. Obviously, I knew of his run and whatnot, but I, I think you might be in this group too where we-, we all kind of got on board with really watching Impact after that. So he was already in the world title picture before I really started paying attention. So it kind of caught me off guard. And uh, even beyond that, I think just for the comedy element, I would have gone with Rohit. But uh, – yeah, Right. Know. The um... – you know, if they had made bro, he I would you know I wouldn't have had a problem with that. I don't think he he actually is. When you look at his progression this year, it's incredible. He was an afterthought on the card in the beginning of January, and he really is a key position now. Um, Ace Austin. When I started watching Impact, he was the X Division champion, but he was he was wrestling Mike Elgin and and Eddie Edwards and Tessa Blanchard. He was in the world title picture, holding the X Division championship. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of, you know, it, it, it's fine, I guess. Um, now, they announced two awards after Impact went off the air. I don't know if you caught these or not. I forgot to mention them to you in pre-production, but 
the one to watch next year they announced was Chris Bay. Um, anybody else on the roster stand out as the one to watch? Yeah, Bay would have been the first one. He would have been the first one to come to mind. So I, I definitely would not have an argument with that. Yeah, I mean they they hold impact on Two's Bay, so you know it <laughs> makes sense to me. Absolutely. Al Carl wants us to know. I, I assume in this he is talking about um, Ace Austin, yeah. but perhaps uh, he says 100% it's justified. Jersey strong. Uh, we're we may be talking about Ace Austin. He might be talking about Deanna Perazzo as a wrestler of the year. That'd He'll clarify, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, finisher of the year is the Magic Killer. Okay. <laughs> I, Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, they they want to put over their current champions. Good for them, but uh, come on. I mean, uh, the 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 machine guns with skull and bones. Uh, the hot fire flame uh, with the uh, the the guys from the treehouse. I mean, you know, there's there's lots of stuff that I think could have bumped that out, but you know, it, it, this is fan voted. That yeah. the fan yeah. put that over as the number one finisher. That that's a little surprising to me. It's probably the most popular finish, so it kind of makes sense. But honestly, I'm sure they didn't want to give a trio of year-end awards. But Venus de Milo is no joke. That's an awesome. That's an awesome version of the Fujiwara armbar. You know the the double Fujiwara. But giving it to giving a third award to Diana, <laughs> it might be a little bit much. So. Uh, Okay, so in addition to that, we also had other news for Impact coming out. Um, Chris Bay was added to the X Division title match at Hard to Kill, so it'll be Chris Bay versus Rohit Raju versus Manic. Um, you know, Chris Bay and Rohit, both former champions, should be a good match. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew Palmer is going to be wrestling Moose at some point. We don't know when the some point is, but um, independent wrestler slash security guard. Matthew Palmer trying to last three minutes with Moose. What, what do you think? You give him three minutes? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, since you don't have to make Moose look bad, but you can still make him look like the jerk that he is, uh, I think maybe he you know, scrambles around, uh, you know, probably takes a beating, you know, at uh, 301 and yeah. uh, a beat down that lasts to about, you know, 530. But, uh, <laughs> I think maybe he'll, uh, you know, be mobile enough to last for that three minutes. Okay, yeah. Immediately take a powder, as they say, and you know, roll out of the ring. <laughs> um, Ty Valkyrie has issued a challenge to Deanna Prazo uh, for the uh, Knockouts Championship. That has not been confirmed at this point, right? We're still waiting right. for a, an acceptance of that challenger from the Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, we saw snippets from the uh, the Wrestler of the Year twice. Uh, after Taya posed the challenge, and there was no mention, so uh, maybe this part of the storyline will be her hesitancy to accept. Uh, I'm not entirely sure at this point, but uh, no mention yet. I have full faith in Scott Demore to do the right thing. He will <laughs> definitely say, "Diana, you've been such a great fighting champion. You wrestler of the year, knockout of the year. You know, you beat Sue Young. You you just done everything, everything. Thank you so much." We're going to award you with a match against Taya Valkyrie at Hard to Kill. It's going to be the best. You'll really cement your legacy. Yeah. If if those words aren't almost exactly what comes out of Scott Demore's mouth, I'd be surprised. 
even if he has to butt heads with her barrister again, I think Scotty will get it done. Yep, yep. The Super X Cup uh, opening round matches are Suicide versus Ace Austin, Davari versus Cousin Jake, Crazy Steve versus Trey Lamar, Blake Christian versus Casey Navarro. My first question is, does Cousin Jake go the route of Tucker from Heavy Machinery, or or is he going to win this whole tournament? <laughs> I, I didn't think of it in terms of that. That would be pretty humorous, but uh, I, I think – when it comes to especially the X division, they, they'll throw something in like that for humor's sake. You know, like you, know, you look at those brackets, the first, my first comment was, what the heck is Cousin Jake doing in there? I know he <laughs> did he did answer one of the uh, Rohit challenges uh, a while back, uh, and that did make me giggle on that evening. But uh, when it comes to the X division, they're so much about the purity of it, I think, by the finals that I think he's just in there for the initial chuckle and then we'll move on. Uh, on tomorrow's show, um, Travis and I are going to talk about some of the, the interpromotional stuff that's been happening in wrestling. And, and we like that. Um, it's also cool to see it here and it's not necessarily AEW impact, but um, Blake Christian is a, you know, most probably well known for GCW, but um, has been all over new Japan as well. So he was in the super J cup Casey Navarro was on AEW Dark last month, losing to Jurassic Express. Um, so it's cool to see that this X Division tournament is bringing in some people from the outside and some, you know, people from other companies. Absolutely. Now Tony Khan did invite some Impact stars to Dynamite. That tonight, you think we're going to see somebody show up? That's what he said. You guys are more than welcome to come uh, this week. So. Uh, fingers crossed we get a little uh, cross-promotion there and uh, something interesting comes sure. out of it. Sure, sure. Now, we're running a little bit into overtime, but, uh, John, if you've got the time, I've got the will. So Absolutely. All right. We press forward. Legends Night announced for the January 4th edition of Monday Night Raw. Which legend are you excited to tune into to see? <laughs> I want <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them already been confirmed, but uh, it's it's a shame that what just happened at TLC happened because it would have been interesting to see uh, maybe IRS uh, stumble across the Firefly Funhouse or you know, something. Fine. <laughs> uh, I I think my my biggest question is which one of them by the end of the night is the twenty four seven champion. <laughs> that's a great point or how many of them become 24 seven champion throughout the night. Um, not announced was, uh, was Barry Darso as the repo man, but I think they could have some fun with him repossessing the 24 seven title, perhaps the money in the bank. Um, you know, just some food for thought. If you know, Vince, if you're listening, if only Vince, uh, didn't have such a, a thing for the gentleman from, uh, demolition being part of that lawsuit, uh, Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Missed opportunity. So, Such a shame. Uh, now, I understand spoilers are available for Friday Night SmackDown where you have all these title matches. Um, I haven't read them, so I yeah. don't know what they are. If you want to read them, just hit the Google machine and you will have them at your disposal. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, we have some uh, additions to the cards. Uh, the IWGP Junior tag titles will be defended. Desperado and Kanemaru defend against Taguchi and Master Wado. 
Um, the initial bout in KOP in uh, the initial bout in the KOPW uh, standings will occur on night one. It'll be a twenty-two man Rambo. Rambo in uh, in Japan is essentially a Royal Rumble style, twenty-two people, but pinfalls and submissions also, um, as well as over the top rope, will count for eliminations. Once it gets down to the final four, those people will compete in a fatal four-way match on night two. So, all you know could be fun. The uh, and the winner of that will be the provisional KOPW champion. They'll they'll hold the belt or the belt the trophy all year long. And if they have it at the end of the year, they will be the 2021 KOPW champion. The championship this year was confirmed this morning when Toru Yano did in fact body slam. Bad luck, Fale, uh, to end the match, and you know, good for Toriyano. He's going to walk Around. around as champion all year. Absolutely. Now, Kenta is uh, was scheduled to defend the right to challenge briefcase against Juice Robinson. However, Juice Robinson suffered a fractured orbital bone recently, so he's out of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, as soon as he was announced, he was also announced out. It looks like uh, Satoshi Kojima is going to take his spot. So. There you go. And the takeaways from last night's dark. Uh, Miro defeated Sonny Kiss. Alex Gracia defeated Kylan King. And she is confirmed as the inaction tonight with Sheeta. So it will be Hikaru Sheeta versus Alex Gracia based on the outcome of that match on dark. And then uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian were on the waiting room with Britt Baker. And Daniels talked about having an awful year. And every time... Uh, SCU loses it's because he got pinned and he's ready to walk away from the business Kazarian pulled him back and said you can't go out like that um, we're at the bottom we're going to climb to the top but the next time we lose we'll break up and uh, I actually haven't admitted, admittedly have not seen it but I have heard that it is a very good set of promos from SCU so I'll have to go go fire that up today yeah that be a shame to see Christopher Daniels walk away, but uh, something tells me based on just that description that we're going to see uh, a nice winning streak that uh, leads to what should be a heck of a tag title match, and then maybe he'll uh, stop with his cap and say goodbye. If Daniels has to retire, retiring, retiring against the Young Bucks is probably something he wants to do, I would think, in a tag match. There are certainly worse ways to go out. Right, right. Um, a couple of show notes for tonight. Uh, NXT, we had the full full lineup of Jake Atlas versus Swerve Scott, Gargano Christmas, Birch Lorcan versus Killian Dane and, and Drake Maverick in a street fight tag title match, Balor and O'Reilly looking back at TakeOver 31. Added yesterday was Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai. That wasn't a small addition. That's a good match. Oh, yeah. Maybe, that's they, a- maybe they were just waiting to see if uh, Dakota was cleared before they announced it, but that's... That's a worthwhile match. Probably leading to Rhea versus Raquel, though, I think. Certainly. Um, the lineup for Dynamite hasn't changed. It's Jurassic Express versus Colt Cabana, uh, Alan Angels and Preston Vance, Young Bucks versus The Acclaim for the tag titles, uh, Top Flight versus MJF and Chris Jericho, Evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes, Sheeta versus Gra- Alex Gracia, Pack versus The Butcher, and Kip and Penelope announced their wedding date. Sting will be interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Um, <laughs> and Dynamite doesn't go on air until after the NBA is done with the night. So um, 
you can watch NXT. That should be one, should be one of the best ratings of NXT all year because they're going to go unimposed. Yeah. Um, and then when that's hopefully that ends and we can flip the channel right over to Dynamite. So, uh, John, it is that time. It is time for trivia. Are you prepared? Stretched? Have you uh, done your done your trivia based exercises? Absolutely. All right. Let's do well, it. Buddy, let's uh, let's do the thing. And here is the current standings. Al Carl with a demanding twenty-two for twenty-five lead with three perfect plexes. He got that last perfect plex last night on the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Um, fun show last night, so make sure you tune in. Uh, you can get the replay on YouTube or on any of our Facebook pages, Minister Bell Time, Pro Wrestling Pickup, or the Eastern Observer. Real fun show. Al will hit a perfect plex. See if you can get the same number of questions right as him. John, you're, you are in last place, and there's no easy way to say that. <laughs> you're, you're far, far behind. Uh, but I have a really good feeling about today's questions. Um, today's questions are all about Monday Night Raw from December 21st, 2020. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I have eliminated the multiple choice options to make okay. it somewhat fair, but I feel like you can probably get, get these uh, questions correct. So uh, Pro Wrestling Trivia today is brought to you by my, my new book, uh, The Wins and Losses. You can pre-order it now for 10 bucks, and uh, it's got a whole lot of information. It's over 1,200 pages right now. Had to add in Jackson Riker because he had his first match of the year. So I get it at thewinsandlosses.com, $10 today. It'll be $20 on January 1st, so don't hesitate. Okay, John DeCounty, here we go. The cool. December 21st, 2020 Raw took place at what venue? The Thunderdome. Tropicana Field. Very good. If you had just said Thunderdome, I would ask you to be more specific. So you're one for one going into the second question. The Hurt Business bullied a production guy in the backstage area. What did they do to him? Uh, uh, they made him uh, replace his New Day t-shirt with a Hurt Business t-shirt. You are two for two. What did Angel Garza say he would be doing while wrestling Drew Gulak? I, what did he say he would be doing? I don't know. Performing for all the women. I don't know. <laughs> what, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. What did Angel Garza say he would be thinking about while wrestling Drew Gulak? No, again, okay. I, I, I mentally fast forward uh, and just, I tend to watch the face of the interview person that he's creeping out at the moment. So uh, it'll be something about thinking of all the women and wanting to offer them all a rose. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, thinking of Sarah Schreiber was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> so uh, half point, half credit. You got really <laughs> half credit. Uh, you can't get a perfect plex today, but you get half credit for that. What did The Miz offer AJ Styles as an apology for dropping the ball at TLC? Uh, a uh, a spot in the new uh, Marine movie. That's right. That's right. The next uh, the next installment in the Marine franchise. He will be a key key featured player in the back of the poster. 
<laughs> exactly. Tiny little spot next to a giant almost. That's right. And what will Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler hand out to people on the naughty list? Uh, uh, season's beatings, uh, beat downs. You were correct. Season's beatings. That's exactly what it was. So you went four for five on Monday Night Raw trivia from <laughs> this week. So you do get the Goldberg Oscar Award. And since we talked about the man, we'll do Goldberg today. Congratulations. Congratulations. Four, four and a half out of five. Not a bad day's work. I feel bad that now every week you're going to have to uh, get the, the little half emoji to put into your graphic every time you have to update it. <laughs> well, we'll see. Now you're going to be uh, you're 16 and a half out of 25. So uh, you're better than 50%. So that's, that's good, I guess. So, uh, all right, that's our show for today. It's our last live show of the week. We are releasing a tape show tomorrow. Travis and I will discuss the things we really like in wrestling from this year. Um, we want to desperately hold on to those things. And we're also going to talk about things we hope to see in the future, whether it be this year or in the coming years. Um, we also speculate about the Royal Rumble. So that show is going to be dropping at 10 a.m. on all the all the places you watch this show or listen. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Have a happy holidays. Um, do check out everything on the Eastern Observer, Pro Wrestling Pick'em, Minutes to Bell Time, the conversation threads that John John DeCani does on the Facebook group, uh, Minutes to Bell Time Facebook group. And John, anything else? Any parting words? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Festivus. Always a pleasure to be here with you. All right. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>